1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: Hello there. My name is Miles Jupp, cricket fan, and together with my co-host, Mark Wood, actual cricket man, we invite you to listen to Middle Please Umpire, a new cricket podcast containing the two of us banging on and sounding off together about cricket and quite possibly all manner of other things while lifting the lid on Mark's life as an international cricketer. And as if that wasn't enough, we shall be welcoming some great guests along the way and chatting to them about life on and off the playing field as they spill the beans, drop some truth bombs and see if they can withstand the scrutiny of our brutal interrogations. Middle Please Umpire is available right now from all
1: your favourite podcast providers. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the, uh, the latest edition of your Manchester United Red Cast. Back once again like the renegade master uh, for your delectation and delight after a, a wonderful win uh, yesterday on the South Coast for uh, for Rocky Gunnar Solskjaer's Reds. That's why I'm using that term. I'm going to call him Rocky because we're just when he's on the brink, he manages to pull back and... Uh, well, pull it pull out of the bag, mate. Pull out of the bag. Joining me this week, uh, Christopher Curley. Um, Chris, mate, like, fucking hell, what a win. Looking back, United's win 3-2 in Southampton. We always, has, we always have, like... Um, um, you know, exciting games against Southampton, we always have them, don't we?
0: Well, it felt like it, it felt like it being a United fan yesterday, you know, mm. cussing and screaming and moaning and throwing cushions around the living room in the first half to um, running up and down through it, waking up the neighbours from their afternoon Sunday roast naps, and uh, later on in the afternoon. It was a proper mm. game and. You know, we've got form obviously against Southampton with comebacks and Zlatan did it in the League Cup final. And um, yesterday, more reminded me of RVP's comeback um, in 2012. We won 3-2 there in September in one of his early games. And it felt like we got a number nine again for the first time probably even since then. Someone who, who attacked the space in Cavani. And um, it was just so exciting to see.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Edinson Cavani at the double um, for United. I mean, I think in our sort of group chat, there was a lot of chat about the lineup and and how Oli lined it up. Let's be fair, we were undone by two set pieces. We were undone by two set pieces. Yeah,
0: I mean, like there was one person. Can we name that person in the group chat? Let's call him. Um...
1: <laughs> Let's call him Roy.
0: Roy. I... <laughs> Yeah, okay, let's call him Roy. What Roy said was, and he w- was um, that he, w- he was against the formation changes and we should have rhythm and a steady seat team. But when I looked at that team sheet, um, <clears throat> it wasn't too much different from midweek because uh, Donny was still in there. Um, he just changed the midfield and we played that way before, particularly in away games with Rashford and Greenwood or Martial playing the inside forward and as a false nine, Bruno was there but you know Lingard actually did it to some success against Tottenham a while back under Ollie. It did it in the Derby as well, so it has worked before. And I think when you look at Southampton's midfield, they're the strongest part of their team because um, they play a two and a two mm. and put full-backs against fullbacks. But that really needed to be um, combated with a lineup that was that was more like a diamond really for us. So I was okay, and actually uh, with the lineup itself, and said so in that group chat. And then looked silly when we went two nil down. But I was still right because we missed. We just missed chances and didn't take them. And that's always been a problem we've had with um, those youngsters who've been up front, just being clinical enough and taking their chances at the right time. So, for example, uh, we were only one nil down when Greenwood um, had the shot that was saved, and Bruno missed the follow up because McCarthy made that extraordinary um, second save. But that was a key point in the game. When you, if we'd have equalised, then things would have been much eas- easier for us. And that's what we've we've not been great at over the last couple of years, past, even longer past Ollie's time of taking the chances when you need them to be clinical to make life easier for you for yourself. Mm-hmm. And the rest, you know, the other, the two goals were were kind of naive um, in lots of ways. You know, um, Ward Prowse can take a corner, and you know not to give him. Um, cheap fouls outside the box and we did that my only question really is um, on De Gea for the second one because does he have a technical fault because in midweek he conceded the goal from a similar position of a free kick um, and ended up trying to save it behind the line and he seems to do the same yesterday and I'm curious as to is that a technical error on his part he's not moving his feet quick enough to get across to stop it. They've been great free kicks, yes, but um, the same things happen twice. Do you, do you want my
1: stat attack? Yeah, go for it. Stat attack. We should have a jingle. We ain't got the budget for a jingle. That um, you know, United are the first side in Premier League history to win four consecutive away games, having trailed in each.
0: Is that right? Well, that, I've, got, I've got a stat attack for you to top it. Go on,
1: go on, uh, go on lad. Let's have a uh, stat
0: off. Come on! All right, here's one for you. Um, you know, Man United have never won eight league victories away from home on the trot.
1: Yeah, it's the first time in their history.
0: Yeah, so that's like pretty good. There you go. go. Stat attack.
1: Stat attack.
0: that segment.
1: Uh, yeah, Ollie said it's one of those that when you win, you the mistakes we make don't really matter at the end. I was proud at 2-2 because we did so well the team is getting better and better and improving which is what I want to see
0: i thought second half you know they kept they won the ball back quickly high up the pitch i think i read that henderson from a journalist that henderson came on was kept shouting at maguire and lindelof to not sit back and and condense the play and when Basaka was getting up the backsides of, of when the ball and winning the ball back quickly. So was Fred. And he just kept the pressure on. And I think there's been two distinct differences um, that I've noticed that we're getting better at with the two team changes and the two new signings of added quality because they keep the ball. So Van der Beek has been fantastic at short, sharp passes, keeping the ball, not giving it away cheaply, mm. moving the ball quickly through the midfield to get those gaps. I think that's kind of changed the tempo of our play amazingly well the
1: the thing is we win win our game in hand we go fourth oh yeah yeah, let's
0: not not get I'm not getting too excited yet just yet about that I'm just kind of enjoying the the subtle changes I'm seeing in the team which I think can be embedded in the way that we play that maybe in a few weeks time can get us talking about oh actually we're only two points off the top what's going on here everyone else is having a weird time we're Mm. looking pretty good I think Telesh has made a massive difference. I agree. Is that every time Telesh gets the ball, he's looking forward, not looking sideways, not looking backwards like Luke Shaw does. He's looking forwards, and he's got such quality with his left foot to stretch the play. It makes the back four drop off five yards because they know they might hit him over the top. Yet he can play it short then and create more space. And I think his quality... Is on that left side of the pitch. I'm man. very excited about when more and Cavani starts a game at number nine and he, he's, he's actually worked out That's how to cross the tennis.
1: ball from the left. He offers he offers something else. He just offers. I, I, I'm a big fan.
0: I um, want him in swing. I, I want him taking in swinging corners though. He's not taking them yet. He did a couple in his first game. Well, he, he looked distinctly like he doesn't want to run over and take them. And Bruno's taking an outswinger. And I think sometimes if Teller's sticking an in-swinger on a goalkeeper, mm. it's going to be deadly with Maguire and Cavani attacking the ball.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, you look at the run of fixtures, we've got PSG, West Ham away, which is, we're notoriously with shit there, aren't we? Um, Leipzig away, City at home. Um, our game in hand is Sheffield United away. And if we're not beating them, then we ain't ever going to beat anyone. And then we got, we got dirty leads. Dirty, dirty leads. Tell me about your memories about dirty leads.
0: I think, uh, again, well, I've never, I've never smelt fear at a Leeds game as much as I have done, ever. I remember I was at the Youth Cup game in 92, um, the Class of 92 youth final. Um, Old oh. Trafford, 30,000 people turned up for that. And they were singing Munich songs and outside it was deadly. Um, the year before um, in the September I think we drew 1-1 with them mm. uh, Lee Chapman scored oh, Schmeichel missed the cross and he got a header at the far post but I remember uh, my biggest memory of that is the um, announcer at Old Trafford said um, Keith Fain. pardon? Keith Fane uh, it might have been Keith it might but I think it don't think it was Keith I think it was a woman because it was a health and safety issue
1: oh I was should... it the was it the Woman. Yeah,
0: oh, those, yeah, 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 so, yeah, 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 yeah. She said, um, will the owner of car CNE439Y please return to it because it's on fire? <laughs> and then uh, 30 seconds later, Bing Bong again, she comes on and says, uh, will the owner of car G321XDB please hmm. return to your car because it's next to it? And it was the only thing that made Leeds and Man United fans laugh at the same time. And I always remembered that um, and that period of, of United Leeds. But, you know, we hate Liverpool, we hate City, but we really hate Leeds. And they hate Liverpool, man, City. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, there's a generation of fans who don't know this hatred. There's a generation of players who don't know this hatred. Hmm. And so I'm quite grateful that we're not going to Ellen Road first with a full stadium, because I promise you, that place will scare those United, will, will scare quite a few of those United lads. They won't know what's hitting, I think. Um, and Leeds, but you watch Leeds now, and uh, I love watching them. They're, they're you know, they're the else,
1: the else is a good balls. <laughs> um, my first in, encounter with Leeds was actually the treble season. We'd just been dicked 3 1 away at Sheffield Wednesday uh, the week before, and I remember we are going up to Old Trafford and we were a bit nervous. We went on quite a poor run of form there. I don't think we won, or oh, we beat Leeds. And then we lost, until, and then we beat Forrest on, we played Forest on Boxing Day, but we lost like one, maybe we two Middlesbrough,
0: Middlesbrough beat us at home.
1: And then we didn't lose again.
0: Before Christmas, 3-2. And then we
1: home. didn't lose again the whole season. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, but you know, I remember Leeds 3-2 um, at, at Old Trafford, Nicky Butt scored the win, a proper boggy surface at Old it Trafford. Did, yeah. I
0: think Paul Robinson yeah. came on half-time and made his debut. Um, yeah, that, mate, that pitch wasn't good that time. Maybe
1: the I pitch mean, was terrible, mate. It was a very terrible pitch. And then I went um, Leeds away. We drew one-one. Andy Cole scored in, the, in that season. I remember something. You know, we've had some good battles with Leeds over. Well,
0: these. I remember when we won the title in two thousand and three. Leeds beat Arsenal at Highbury.
1: Mm. Well, and I was did not stay
0: up? Well, I, I was living near there, so we actually won the title. And me and um, me and Roy. Uh, from yeah. the WhatsApp chat, we um, went down thing. to the ground after the game had finished mm. and um, went down to Highbury with a few tins. And the back door was open, so we went in to the ground and the cleaners were all in doing the stand. Mm. So we went into the stand and then took a fake couple of black bags and got on the centre circle and started singing United songs until we got chased off.
1: <laughs> <That was laughs> Very good,
0: mate. That was the way we celebrated that that title with a bit of what, trespassing. Was
1: Roy a bit of a rascal?
0: He thinks he is. I mean, he thinks he's a bit of a rascal. He, he's, um, uh, you know, he's he's not, uh, you'll, you'll know the type, Aaron, here, but he's not very far off of being, ringing in a radio, phoning, but has never been to a yeah. game ever. He's that kind of bloke. He, like, he'll be first on at ten past five moaning about getting beat, pretending he was at the game, but wasn't. He's a bit like that,
1: there you go good good, good work Roy good work Roy lad um, I don't know how we got on to talking about Dirty Leeds should we take a wee break let's do it it's the Manchester United Red Cross.
0: if you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen
1: Cooler.bike, e-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back to your Manchester United Redcast, the day after uh, United beat Southampton 3-2 at St. Mary's. Edinson Cavani. Um, I tell you what, actually, you know, we should actually talk about, um, obviously, Maradona. I mean, not many people have talked about Maradona and the fact that he's, he's he died this week. But, you know, um, I was talking to... Another, you know, sort of. I'm just going to say a football fan. This week about Maradona, Pele, and sort of why they have this amazing sort of, you know, this nature, this this air of mystery about. Them. Now, I want to ask you a personal question, Christopher. How old are you? Uh, I'm 44. You're 44. I'm I know t- I sound younger, Aaron. You do, may you do, you do. You know, you're, a, you, you know, you look younger
0: too. Just so you know.
1: Mate, you use the old oil of Olay, don't you? I mean, religiously. There you go, there you go. The travel season. Very very good. Uh, I'm 29, and and for me... You're a baby. Well, some would say. uh, But, you know, for that football fan, he said that the air of mystique over Pelé and Maradona was there because there was not that much football coverage. Right now, we're flooded with football coverage. And so thinking about certain players and 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 sort of what you know they did for us when we saw them it's just it's just it's just gone you know if well,
0: I, I disagree a little bit with your friend there go I think. On. um because Pele and Maradona mm. have both got incredible human stories, which reflects why we love the game so much. Mm-hmm. you know Pele was seventeen, a young boy tore the World Cup in half and won it in 1958 imagine being 17 and doing that right uh and then 62 they won the world cup again incredible 60, uh, 66 he got kicked out of it in england and we won it and then 70 turned up and there was the greatest batch of world players probably in one team that's, that's ever been you can know, argue maybe spain 2010 um but that brazil side was full of people and he was the king of kings and it, yes, it was a different era. It was the first time we'd seen football in colour in that World Cup, and this mystique of Pele and number ten and being the best player in the world all kind of came together. Whereas Maradona turned, and he was kind of the good guy. Whereas Maradona turned up, you know, not long after, um, a lot of comparisons with Pele in terms of being seventeen when he first came broke into the national side in a World Cup. I think um, he was in the I think he was in the squad in seventy eight, uh, but eighty two. He got sent off and was a bad boy, so he was like he was like the opposite of Pele in that sense. And then in '86, I mean, that was probably—I mean, I remember '82, but '86 was the first going to be Penguin book. But '86 was the first World Cup I ever watched. Yeah. And the thing about Maradona in '86, '86, and why he kind of encapsulated uh, uh, and captured the imagination of a lot of people—it was a couple of things. I mean, firstly, as a ten-year-old watching that. Uh, watching a chubby little left-footer, as I was, but watching a chubby little left-footer be the best player ever, mm-hmm. uh, that really set a bar for me to try to achieve at school, at long sight, right? Uh, watching Maradona, have I, got, have I got to do that? Have I going to be able to do that? Oh, God, I don't know if I'm going to do that. But if you think about Maradona, the way he played the game, and how far away he was so much better than everybody else. I mean, I've had messages people text me saying, oh, well, you know, if VAR was around, um, hand, hand of God wouldn't have happened, and um, the second goal wouldn't have happened because Hoddle got fouled. Well, I tell you what, if VAR was around, England would have been down to about eight men in the first half because they all assaulted Maradona, and that's the way he had to play the game, by literally getting GBH on him every other every week in every game. And so that's why my opinion on the hand of God, even though he made me cry as a 10-year-old, has kind of changed. I don't blame him for doing it when he's been being kicked off the field for a good Forty-five minutes. Yeah. Well, you know what? Know. I'm gonna to have to do this. This is the only way I'm gonna do it. Plus, if you watch it, Peter Shilton is still so angry at himself that he never jumped. He didn't get off the ground. Did not get off the ground against his five foot six. Like, if you see the picture, there's a freeze frame, which is amazing, where he is like Maradona's feet are at Shilton's shoulders. And so, frankly, he deserves to cheat for being able to jump that high. And the second goal, well, we all know Peter Reid is still chasing him. And I personally know that if Brian Robson was playing he was injured, he would never have scored either goal and we'd have probably beaten
1: them. But that's a different... Okay, goal. okay, okay. Whoa, 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 Okay, okay, okay. But what I'm saying is... what I'm Long saying, answer, to that? What I'm saying is, if you look at players of today, if you turn around to me and go, oh, Aaron, there's this Chinese kid uh, who's 13 and he's absolutely unreal, mate. Banging in goals for fun, skills left, right, centre, up, down, everything like that. You know what I do straight away? Bang on YouTube. YouTube, try and find him. Google, try and find him. I reckon the internet has bastardised these sort of. I don't know. I don't know. I think no, it's. I know no, about- no, 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 no. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa chemo, so Let me give my example. Let me give my reason. When I think back to like the 90s to the early 2000s, I think football was at its peak, yeah? Up until like 06, 07, around there. At its peak. To the point where when you played in in a Champions League game, when you had a team come to town like a Dortmund or a Barcelona or a Bayern Munich, you knew they were good. But you know these other players they had in their lineup, you didn't know about them because all you'd seen of them was maybe... 20 seconds on, on, on trans world sport or something like that on like <laughs> six o'clock on a Saturday morning. So when Bayern turned up to United in '99 with Giovanni Albert, yeah, and Bayern and, and uh, yeah, Bayern had Giovanni Albert, who was an unreal footballer. He was Robert You Robert. shit yourself. You shit yourself, he, mate. No. Yeah? And then when, no. when Barcelona have Sonny Anderson up front, you shit yourself. Ooh. Mate, I remember thinking to myself, the play, And the player I think this sort of refers to the most is Gabriel Batistuta. Gabriel Batistuta was this unreal footballer. But he had an air of mystique. Well,
0: I think, see, I think the exact opposite. The more you know about them, the less scary they are. So, like, when you but don't know... That's what no, I'm saying.
1: Uh, that's what I'm saying. But, you know, as it, a fan, it gave you excitement. You think about the game all day, mate. You sit there and you go, oh, I fuck. I think
0: about the game me. all the time. No, I don't, just because you can see it in the YouTube or the internet
1: to watch I, I, I think That's we know normal. too much about players we used to sit there in our heads and there were so many more talking boards we'd sit there and go fuck me John O'Shea up against Francesco Totti I wonder what Totti's going to bring into that oh mate I saw him at Euro 96 or I saw him at you know France 2000 he is fucking unreal and Shea's always going to have a tough job tonight Mikel Silvestre up against fucking Gabriel Batistuto what's uh, going to happen I, there? I, there's,
0: there's some players you mentioned that, like Sonny Anderson and Elbert who were I think Relatively average in a, in European football, they didn't have great international careers. You know, I'm talking about players in the 80s and early 90s hmm. who, who who have this mystique. We're talking about the best of the best who have this mystique about them that you have heard about them, and it is a bit of hearsay. And then you get to watch them and see them, and it's and then it's, and it's true. But in the same you way, you didn't three.
1: have a good international career.
0: No, I didn't say Battershuter. I said two of you three. And I think oh, I apologise. Uh, I think Platini, you know, that era of Platini, uh, gosh, um, later on, you know, 94, we heard about this kid Ronaldo that was on, in the Brazilian squad. Mm. He was 17, but didn't get a game. Four years later, he dominates the tournament with Z- Zidane. So footballers always create who are the best two players in the, in the world. The lull has come. I would say the lull came um, until Messi and Ronaldo turned up. It was like a six, seven year love. of who is the best player. And who can sustain it? You see, sustaining a career is interesting. Ronaldo sustained a uh, Ronaldinho, rather, sustained a career for two or three years at the top level, right? When he was the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, George Vea, similarly, a couple of years. But Pele did it for a decade. Maradona did it for a decade. Zidane did it for a decade. Ronaldo would have done it, first Ronaldo, for a decade, but for his injury, and was still great. And now we've been so blessed to have Messi and Ronaldo for 15 years. I don't and they and arguably they're better than Pele and Maradona. There's a good argument to be made because of their longevity and the consistency of their performance at such a high level. So you know, they're all in that bracket. These people have come along for the last fifty years of being the best of the the best of the best. So I don't think it's that much different.
1: It's massively different, mate massively different there's so much more room to overhype a player right now that they don't have the opportunity to just get on with it plus don't forget when Pele and Maradona were playing in this country if you were to watch these players the only time you'd watch them were at a World Cup or if they were if they were playing in the European Cup
0: my yeah. point is the cream always rise to the top anyway yeah and always so it's not different there's you know uh, I don't I, I think, you know, the players that we're talking about, you can watch on YouTube and go they're playing them, so what? They're not they're not in the same kind of league as the best of the best as they've always been. And I think actually we get less excited by watching these players because we see them so often.
1: It makes it That's look- what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. There's the the air of mystique is gone. The air of mystique around a player is completely, completely gone. I remember a point where, where, I mean, if you think about it, if you put it in context, like you look at someone like Lewandowski, Lewandowski would be absolutely, if he played in the early 2000s, people would shit themselves about him. People would sit there and go, well, what information are you going to get about him? Well, you can't go onto Google. There's no such thing as YouTube. You're sat here, there was
0: Google then. I could point what? out there was Google. Oh
1: You're really okay. nice. well, you know you had, you, you had money. You know we our idea of a computer. I was... was a I was at work.
0: Problem. It's not a poor thing. I was just at work. We had Google. Um, Didn't
1: have, we? Didn't internet at home, Then my, my 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 idea of Google or encyclopedia was was we knew a really clever bloke in our family. We used to just ask him things. Yeah, that was it. Very simple. But basically, you know, he would Lewandowski would have been godlike about them purely because it's like oh well there's there's this goal machine you know this this polish goal machine in a german club and he's smashing it to pieces and when he comes down in the quarterfinals or how are they getting on in the in the group stage the second knockout phase of the champions league how are they getting on there well you know what they could come and face us and oh my god it's gonna be really tough for Saul campbell it's gonna be really tough for you know for, for 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 steve bruce or x y and z you know look at mbappe I don't feel one bit of excitement when I see this kid kid play because I just think he's been hyped, hyped and hyped and hyped and hyped and hyped and hyped and hyped. And eventually, it's just going to crack, mate. It's just going to crack. I think the last time we saw that whole thing about international football having this mystique and this intrigue about it was World Cup 02. World Cup 02, when it was Ronald- Ronaldinho, Rivaldo, Ronaldo. And it was like this front three are fucking insane. Absolutely insane. They're going to destroy teams, and then after that, it was like kind maybe Euro two thousand and four, Trezeguet, Henri, etc., etc. But I don't know. I just, I just, I think this a
0: different sparkle. conversation, though. It's more about how the weight between of popularity between international and um, European competition has kind of changed that, rather than the ability of players or information. It's like the saturation of European competition, of course, makes you in some ways, really familiar with these things. But I still think, you know, local national competition is still what people want first. Mm. Uh, I'm not really bothered about first. Round. Watching Becca's shirt on uh, Wednesday in the Champions League, I- I'm kind of not that fussed. Whereas I probably was in the 90s because it was special because there was less games to play in Europe and the more you play less. Similarly, international football has become a summer thing and it's a few summer nights out. And, um, and it's and it's lost a lot of its uh, mystique because of course you know we see all these players in the European competitions now, so I get what you're saying from that point of view I still think um I don't know about the world cups it's it's hard it's hard to say I don't think we've had a great funny if I don't think we've had a great World cup since you say because actually Messi and Ronaldo, the two best players in the world haven't performed at the World Cup, you know the great players haven't performed at the World Cups largely because there may be fatigue from a, a European season. Whereas the, what you talked about in 2002, you know, Ronaldo was coming back, back off his injury and that was a great time with Ronaldinho and Rivaldo. So sim, so perhaps since then, something to do with the stars haven't performed at the World Cup makes them less special. Maybe. I don't know.
1: Maybe, mate, maybe you can have a at United Redcast on Twitter if you have your fancy, you know, if, you, if you're bored, you can just tweet us if you like. Um Let's look ahead to the game. Uh, in the Champions League. Can you do the Champions League anthem? Can you do like an impression of that? No, but I just put it
0: on every time I, you know, get dressed and ready to go out. It makes me feel, gives me a bit of a buzz.
1: The Champions. Yeah. Uh, United taking on PSG at Old Trafford. The fact that it's at Old Trafford, like scares me somewhat. I don't know about that.
0: Well, I think it's a a dangerous game for us, actually, because what we don't want to be doing is going to Leipzig, needing to get a result. Mm. And when Leipzig can beat us to qualify... In the top two. So I think, you know, we've got to take something out of um, the PSG game. And it's going to be harder because I think they'll feel like we need to sort these lads out because they've embarrassed us twice. Mm -hmm. I think Verratti is back fit and that'll make a massive difference to their midfield. Plus, you know, we've got some issues with Tuanzebe being suspended. He played great, of course, in the first game. Uh, De Gea is doubtful. Van der Beek's injured. Marcel's probably out because he's ill. So, there's a few issues there for Oli to overcome, I think, with, with the um, team lineup to get a result. I'd hope, I, I actually think we probably should play two screeners again and, and have Fred and McTominay um, in there with Bruno and maybe, and maybe have Van der on the bench, actually. Um, because I think it's going to be a game, we could, you could quite easily fall between two stalls with that game. Um, Cavani, of course, will, will be highly motivated against his mm. former club. That's a good thing. Uh, But he's likely to come up with a three-match ban because of his tweet last night. So we might as well squeeze as much as we can out of him until he may have to take that uh, punishment.
1: Yeah. um, Where else are we on this? It's just a tricky game.
0: Um, And then, you know, what we don't want to do coming up to West Ham on Saturdays, lose the momentum that we gained from the win yesterday. So it's going to be a
1: tricky week, I think. 5.30 Saturday. On, on uh, I'm concerned I don't know about you
0: <laughs> Well it be interesting West Ham are playing tonight aren't they so um, how yeah. close is Antonio getting back fit um, I'm much more positive that it's an evening kickoff at West Ham rather than a morning one because we're rubbish in the mornings at West Ham mm. in the last few years and we've given some of our worst performances at the London Stadium but I kind of expect us to build on the success of Southampton now and go on a bit of a Um, and get us in good shape for the Derby in a week on Saturday. And that's really going to be a fork in the road, to Derby. and We can put pressure on City because City will need the points. But it'll be a massive confidence booster yesterday. And you want to think that they can take that through now for what will be a very, very busy month of games. December is typically um, tough from that point of view, but even more difficult, I think, this year. Uh, with everything that's going on. But there's a squad, you feel like there's a squad there, you feel like there's 18 players there who, you know, you don't particularly weaken the side too much when you put it out.
1: Is he under pressure again? Like, I don't know. With, with well, I, audience, I'm like, I'm, sat here, I'm just like, I'm, you know, every time, every time, you know, we go close to losing a game, I'm sat there going, fucking hell, this is like the one of the two. Because I, I just, I'm convinced he loses back-to-back games and he's gone. I
0: know, but that's the new cycle that we're all chasing, isn't it? Rather than look being able to critically look at things in context with understanding which ain't a great strength of the great British public as mm-hmm. we've seen in other areas of life in the last four years I think you know if you in context you look at everything that Ollie has did and has done he, de- he deserves to keep going uh, he deserves to keep going I believe he's made the right calls largely I believe he's made the right team selections I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of inexperience in that team still um and there are things that need sorting out, but he sorted them out so far. I think, you know, no one's talking about Paul Pogba, but he made the big decision to drop him. That was a bold one. You know, Has no one's talking about Pogba injured? coming back into the team. Is he, is he is he injured?
1: Has he dropped him or is he injured?
0: I think a bit of both. You know, he's in no rush. In the last year, Pogba's hardly played, right? And we've been better without him, largely. Had a, he had a little monthly spell um, in the summer, at the end of last season, where Pogba did all right, but we've we've been be- we've been a better team without him. And sometimes your best players don't make your best team.
1: Yeah, I agree, Paul. I agree. It's it's just United. United are such a funny like fucking animal right now. I mean, I was thinking last night Arsenal getting beat by Wolves. Wolves. Um, When's Arteta going to be under pressure? When's Arteta going to get the shit that Oli gets?
0: Arteta, you know, has won the FA Cup with Arsenal, bought him some time. Um, he's lost
1: a lot of games, you know.
0: Yeah, I think again he's going through some uncertainty of he's playing a game of stick or twist. Be solid, and so we so we don't concede and that compromise the attack. Yet it's not really working, is it? So <clears throat> I think. I think he's got a problem with his own midfield. Partey's out, I think, till January. He has made these signings. He hasn't got that creative spark. He's made a political decision, like Ollie has with Pogba, to leave out Urtzl.
1: Mm.
0: Well Urtzel hasn't played well for three years. It's funny since these people get these big contracts, you know, the Gayers form dropped massively. When they gave him a big contract, they didn't need to. Mm. Erzil's the same. You'd argue that since Bamayang was awesome before he signed his new contract, untouchable. Since then, he's done nothing. So, I think, you know, football's difficult, but we, we run out of um, patience and we move things on. I think I, 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 Arsenal haven't got the quality of players that we have. I just don't think they have. You
1: know, I agree. I agree. agree. ten months of a
0: season, that's hard. Playing well, in every walk of life, in every job, it is hard to be good all the time even if you're a plumber I'm sure if you're a plumber you've done a couple of bad jobs sometimes and you've done some great jobs yeah everyone's
1: fr- on a Friday afternoon mate in, in all walks of life everyone has done a fucking Friday afternoon job
0: yeah but footballs I don't think football and footballers an, are no different I think paying them too much makes you it makes you care less I think mm. you're paying you know I think it just does where's your hunger it's going it's to soften you up a bit
1: um, very quickly before we, we close, I actually just want to um, say how sad I was to see about the death of someone who who scored a fucking rocket against us, Papa Booba Diop, the wardrobe. Do you remember him? I do remember, I
0: do um, vaguely have some memories of bidding for him in our fantasy league and yeah. being having I mean, occasionally him in my fantasy league. I think largely after that 35-yard screamer, i thinking he might get a few more of them. Let's give him a go. The
1: wardrobe, Papa Boobidiop, sadly died um, just in his early 40s, but he scored a bloody brilliant goal against us. Uh, I remember Roy Carroll was in net. Uh, we played Fulham. It might have been at Craven Cottage. It might have been in Loftus Road. And he just fucking lashed the ball. Absolutely, absolutely lashed the ball to the top corner and it, it, I think the commentator was Rob Hawthorne who's like nearly burst the net and it actually nearly did it was so hard but uh yeah one
0: of the names in football history you have to say that it's just, it's just a lovely thing to say you will know as a as a reporter saying Papa Booba Diop Papa uh, Booba Diop would be, would be a fun thing to say
1: there's, so a, the there's a few I like dislike so Papa Booba Diop's a good one um Jemba Jemba was good yeah, Mishy Batshuayi.
0: Who <laughs> uh, are that?
1: Mishy Batshuayi. Mishy um, to. There's, there's Jan Venegor of Hesselink. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Jan, um, Jan Venegor of Hesselink. Yeah, there's a few, but yeah, uh, rest easy, mate. Rest Herman easy. Hariderson. Herman Hariderson. Not to be confused with Herman's Hermits, of course.
0: Yeah, the ironic, the ironic thing about this is we've picked quite a few ex-Portsmouth players who Harry Redknapp bought and probably oh yeah
1: oh yeah um, um, stick in the shot window um, who else Nico Cranj Linvoy Primus what a- nicest man in football apparently by all accounts Um yeah thank you very much Chris for joining me should we have a little pre-do Do you fancy a little pre yeah, go PSG. I'm going
0: to go um, score draw against PSG I think I'm going to go 1-1 nail-biting draw
1: And then I think on Saturday we'll beat West Ham uh, 2-1. I think we're going to beat PSG, you know. Good. we beat PSG. Good. Uh, I think we're going to beat him 2-0, 2-1, somewhere around that. (coughs) And then I'm a little bit concerned about, uh, about, um, uh, uh, sorry, about West Ham away. I've always been concerned about West Ham away. I just wonder how it's going to, how it's going to go. But yeah, uh, I'll probably go... I think, I think they'll score first, but I think we'll win 3-1 on Saturday. Um, Chris, thank you very much for joining me, mate. I really appreciate it, it was
0: a I feel like we've had a, 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 a big old heated masturbate. We, we, we,
1: we, yeah, we have. We've had a laughter, haven't we?
0: Yeah, I feel I've just missed, it's kind of the chat I've normally had in a pub, but I haven't been in a pub Good. since March. Good. So I've enjoyed
1: that. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Christopher, thank you for joining me, pal. Um, don't forget the United Redcast, available on all your favourite podcasts, podcast. Uh, podcast well, the places you get your podcasts, if you like. I'm Aaron Paul, East Chris Curley. Catch you soon. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called
0: What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast people to the flu this is a playback media production get all the associated links for this podcast at unitedredcast.com
1: sports social podcast network